The following is the audio version of a video released at peakprosperity.com. Visit peakprosperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here with episode 44, and today we are going to be talking about how natural immunity from COVID is superior to vaccination alone. This comes to us courtesy of the CDC, which uh, by the time, you know, by the way, they sometimes do some pretty decent work, especially when it comes to going through the statistics. We've covered the CDC mortality data before. That was eye-opening. Here now, maybe a day late and a dollar short, but at least now we have this study out. So let's take a quick peek here and let me get my drawing tool out so I can be sure I'm ready to make some marks up. All right, uh, CDC on natural immunity, finally. Uh, they could have done this a while ago, I guess, but this is in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, the MMWR for January 19th, 2022. Here, down here is the URL, so you can find it yourself. So the title of this, um, not that exciting, uh, COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations by COVID-19 vaccination status and previous COVID-19 diagnosis, California and New York. This is from the period May to November of 2021. So this is Delta. Uh, so what do we have from May to November of 2021? We have two things going on. One, well, three things. One, we have a, a big pool of people to draw from who had prior COVID exposure. So they are not naive. They are have natural immunity whatever that counts for. We also have people who are vaccinated. Uh, up through this point, we have double jab. We don't have boosters yet showing up in this mix. And um, we also have Delta. So this is the worst of it. May to November, Delta had that big peak right around August uh, of 2021. So this is now looking at comparing vaccinated versus unvaccinated people by their prior COVID exposure status in two big states, California, New York. So that's pretty big. That's like 18% of the U.S. population, they note here. Uh, so that's quite quite a large sample size. So they broke it up into four different cohorts here. Um, one, first they have the unvaccinated with no previous laboratory confirmed COVID-19 diagnosis. So they are, number one, unvaccinated and naive. Two, um, we have vaccinated with no previous exposure. So that's also naive. Three, what do we got here? We have unvaccinated with previous COVID. So unvaxxed with COVID. And what else do we have? We have vaccinated with COVID. Okay. All right. So that's what we got. Those are the four groups. They're looking at all four of these, comparing them relative to each other unvaccinated, naive, vaccinated, and naive, unvaxed with co prior COVID, vaxed with prior COVID. So that's the study. What did they find? Oh, this is really cool. It's going to take me a second to unravel this table for you. Let's go through it because this gives us pretty good information. So first up, we're going to look at these. We have really big, large numbers to work with. The N in California is over 752,000. And in New York, it's over 355,000. So we got a little over a million um, patients and the records to look at gives us big numbers to compare to each other. So what do we have here? We have California and New York broken into both vaccinated 
here and unvaccinated. Vaccinated New York, unvaccinated. Let's look at these one by one. First, in California, among the vaccinated who had previous COVID-19 diagnosis, we see here, this is um, these numbers here, 968,000 previous people had, uh, who were vaccinated had previous COVID-19 diagnosis and who had who were vaccinated who had no previous diagnosis was 15,484,000. So really big, giant numbers. 4.5% of the sample size and 71.2% of the sample size were in the vaccinated. The unvaccinated were the other roughly 25% of this story in California, and that included how many had previous COVID-19 diagnosis, 1.37 million at 6.3% of the total, and then no previous diagnosis. They had 3.9 million people who were unvaccinated, no previous COVID. So what happened in, in amongst each of these different cohorts? So now we have here, we're looking at incidents of laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 cases. So this is just the column we're interested in right here, the number. And so now we're going to be able to compare the number of people who were uh catching COVID a second time, uh, Delta in this case, after having had a prior exposure. And so now the cumulative incidents, this is a different number. These were percentages here on this column here. Now this is a cumulative incident. So it's asking how many out of a thousand, how many out of a thousand did they see? So they had here in California in the vaccinated cohort, Previous COVID-19 diagnosis, they had 3,471 of these people, or 3.6 out of 1,000, ended up coming back with a, uh, a number, a second laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 case. And we're going to compare that to the vaccinated in this next row down here. Let me get a different drawing tool out so we can see a little clearer. This row right here, no previous diagnosis vaccinated but naive, meaning they hadn't had COVID before. Out of that group, the incidents that we're looking at here is 15.5 out of 1,000 were showing back up in this sample series, in this time frame they're looking at, with a second laboratory-confirmed case of COVID-19. So when we compare the 3.6 right here with the 15.5, we can see that previous COVID diagnosis, if you were vaccinated, you had roughly, roughly, a five, four to five times greater risk of coming down with a second COVID-19 case diagnosis if you hadn't had COVID before. So that's in the vaccinated cohort. What about in the unvaccinated, which we will do here in blue? I guess we'll get this little thing out here. So this is the unvaccinated group. Now let's look. They had 6,800 people or roughly five, an incidence of about five out of 1,000 showing up in this uh, group right here. And if the if you were unvaccinated and had no previous diagnosis of COVID, you had a whopping 128.5 chance, that 128 out of 1,000. That's a 12.85% chance of coming back down with COVID uh, as a second diagnosis. So clearly, clearly shows that if you were unvaccinated and had no previous diagnosis, you were, you were COVID naive, your immune system hadn't seen it before you were the most likely to come down with a case of COVID by far. However, we will also note that there's a big difference here between this five right here and this 15.5. 
because what we're comparing now, if uh, just an unvaccinated person who had COVID before, as compared to somebody who just has had the vaccinations but hadn't had COVID before, you were three times more likely as a vaccinated, naive person to come down with COVID as a diagnosis as compared to somebody who had prior COVID diagnosis um, or illness. So that's what that difference is between the 5 and the 15.5. So let me take a bunch of these things away so we can look at this more clearly again. That's what we're really comparing right there at this point in time is this, if you are vaccinated but had not had COVID before, and compare that to this where you're unvaccinated but you've had COVID before. You had an incidence of 5 if you were unvaccinated. You had an incidence of 15.5 if you were vaccinated. So roughly a three times higher chance of catching COVID. Now, what about hospitalizations? What happens there? And now we can see over here, again, these top ones here are for vaccinated. And these bottom ones here are for unvaccinated. So what they're saying here is that if you had a previous COVID-19 diagnosis and you were vaccinated, you had an incidence, a cumulative incidence of about 0.3. So that's 0.3 per thousand of ending up back in the hospital with COVID. Compared to if you were vaccinated but had no previous diagnosis, you had a 0.7 incidence right there. That's what that number is, that 0.7. Now, what if you were unvaccinated? Then you had a previous COVID-19 diagnosis. You had an incidence of 0.3. What if uh, you were unvaccinated, no previous diagnosis of COVID, you had a whopping incidence of 11.5. So once again, under Delta, very clearly pointing out that if you're unvaccinated and had no prior exposure, you are at the highest risk of ending up in the hospital. But what's also true, equally true, is there is absolutely zero difference between 0.3 and 0.3, whether you were uh, unvaccinated, but had had a previous COVID diagnosis, or you were vaccinated, but had had a previous COVID diagnosis, you had the same outcome, 0.3% incidence. But again, we're going to compare two things here. What if you were just vaccinated, but had no prior exposure to COVID compared to somebody who'd had prior COVID exposure? Now the incidence is 0.7 compared to 0.3. You have more than a two times higher chance or rate of going to the hospital if you are vaccinated and hadn't had COVID as compared to somebody who has natural immunity because they'd had COVID. That's what this table says. It's very easy to read, yet once you take step through it and take the time to read it very clearly. One more time, that if you were had previous COVID, whether you were vaccinated or you were unvaccinated, you had about the same protective benefit, which was fantastic. If you were unvaccinated, no previous COVID, you are by far in the worst shape in this story. And this is under Delta. And of course, if you were vaccinated but had no previous diagnosis, you're kind of in the middle. Um, not in the middle. You're a little closer to the other ones you, you, compared to being uh, unvaccinated with no priors. But uh, clearly, there was twice the protective benefit to people who had had prior COVID compared to to the vaccine. So what we can clearly say is the vaccine did not confer any additional benefit to anybody, preventing them from going to the hospital as compared to prior natural infection. So prior natural infection is by far the the, the number one dominant thing here. All right. Um, so let's look at that. And here's how it looks in chart form. Let me get rid of this thing real quick. 
Uh, so here, what are we looking at? We're looking at a big old chart here that's, uh, that shows unvaccinated in the solid blue line. This is your estimated hazard rate. I'm not sure what a hazard rate is. I, I read, squinted at this a few times. I'm going to guess this is your, your times chance. Like this is, um, you have a two times, a four times, a six times higher chance or rate. Um, <clears throat> I'm used to a hazard ratio. Uh, so I'm going to have to look into that and see what it really means. But at any rate, here they're looking at the incident laboratory confirmed COVID-19 associated hospitalizations among these immunological cohorts. So those were defined by your vaccination and your previous diagnosis histories. And this is in California. So the blue line, unvaccinated, you can clearly see this goes way up and has a much, 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 much higher chance of hazard, has a much higher rate of hazard. The next line under that is vaccinated with no previous COVID diagnosis. That's this top dark bluish dotted line on top here. And then under that, very, very difficult to tell them apart is unvaccinated with previous COVID diagnosis or vaccinated with previous COVID diagnosis. Both of those just basically hugging the zero line down there. So there was really practically no chance um, of ending up in the hospital if you'd already had a previous COVID diagnosis. Now, that includes a little bit of survivor bias in it, of course, because if somebody who'd had a previous COVID diagnosis and got taken out by COVID, they died. The people who are left behind in that story are the ones who survived. By definition, they're going to be stronger, healthier, all of that. So uh, it's not totally surprising that we see this, but I was a little bit surprised to see that they couldn't differentiate at all between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. The only thing that that mattered here in the story was whether they'd had previous COVID diagnosis. Those two didn't separate out from each other beyond that. Now, why is that surprising? Not really, but it's surprising that the CDC found that because the CDC hasn't been able to find this data <clears throat> up to now. And they've been sticking to, prior to this study, they'd been sticking to the story that if you were vaccinated, you had the highest protective benefit out there. Uh, and that's not the case, according to this. This study had a few limitations we should talk about. Uh, every study has limitations. It's important to know what they are. First, these analyses were not stratified by time from the vaccine receipt, but only by the time since the previous diagnosis. So that's where they set the baseline in their study from, is from time of previous diagnosis. Now, why does that matter? Well, that's because we know that the vaccines wane over time. And so if they had run the time series against vaccine receipt, they probably would have seen uh, this data show up just slightly differently. But that's just one limitation of the study. Just be aware of it. It was time since previous diagnosis. That's where they baselined everything. Second, it's possible, possible here, that persons with undiagnosed infection were misclassified as having had no previous COVID-19 diagnosis. So somebody could have had COVID, wasn't diagnosed, they didn't get the PCR, they didn't show up in the system. Um, this would be a conservative bias in this study. And the reason for that is that if you were one of those people who had prior COVID, but you didn't know that, and then you, you got pooled into the... Uh, no prior exposure pool over there. You got pooled with the naive people, whether vaccinated or not. You probably had a very strong protective benefits. You were actually making that group look better than it was by being undiagnosed. And so there's quite a bit of undiagnosed infection probably in this story. Um, and so that's actually putting a conservative bias on that. What does that mean? It means that if we had all of those previously um, undiagnosed infections out of that out of this study, 
and or even better into the right buckets, we would have seen an even more pronounced difference between those who were showing up in the naive bucket versus the prior illness bucket. All right. Third, behavioral changes uh, can't be excluded here. That is, you know, uh, vaccinated people behaving in a riskier way. They got their jabs. Woo, I'm, I'm safe. President tells me I can't catch or transmit COVID. I'm going to go out and party. Um, it's possible that behavioral changes account for some of this. Um, I can't exclude that, but we don't know the degree to which. Uh, there's also this mysterious 14-day gap missing again. Remember I said up here, like, Bucket two is vaccinated. To be counted as vaccinated means that you um, were only they only counted 14 days after completion of a primary COVID-19 vaccination series. 14 days after completion. Well, what do we do with those people who are in between? Who, what do we do with the people who get sick? You know, in, in that 14 day window between getting their second jab and before they're considered fully vaccinated. Well, they got counted. Um, you either exclude them or you have to count them as unvaxxed. And neither of those are an accurate way to do this because we know now that in that 14-day window, a heck of a lot of people seem to come down with COVID and or um, other illnesses, uh, COVID-like illnesses in that period. So that window, I hate seeing excluded. I don't like it. It's a limitation of every study when they just when they just exclude it. I, w I would rather see the data presented. I want to know what's happening to those people in that 14-day gap because we have enough data now to say something's happening in that 14-day window. So every time I see it excluded, uh, I'm not too excited about that. So limitation of the study. Next, uh, the analysis did not include information on the severity of the initial infection and did not account for the full range of morbidity represented by the groups with previous infections. So it's just it's binary. Did you go to the hospital or not? Didn't say, you know, wasn't controlled for how many days in the hospital or how bad was the hospitalization. That would be really cool to know because the theory is, is that even if you go to the hospital on a subsequent infection, it's probably a much lighter run of that disease than you might have had the first time around. Why? Because there's protective benefits from this. Um, so that, that would be the guess, but limitation of the study, no data there. Also next, no booster data. Uh, those weren't prevalent at the time of data collection, so we can't say one way or the other how would boosters have impacted this data one way or the other don't know and finally there's no data on omicron which came out just after the end of this study uh, this study ended i think around november 1st and omicron came roaring into this country by at the end of november so at any rate we don't have data on omicron but i'm gonna guess omicron's gonna upend the entire set of findings and conclusions because omicron don't care it's going to infect you whether or not you have a vaccine in you, and it's probably going to be sending you to the hospital in a much higher proportion, even if you are fully vaccinated. In fact, we now know that Omicron preferentially will infect people who have two jabs or one jab over people who have no jabs. So that's uh, Omicron is, is definitely going to put a whole new wrinkle on this story. But here's what we know now about natural immunity. First, natural immunity is superior to a vaccine alone. That is, in a naive person. So you'd give me somebody who's got a natural immunity from prior COVID infection, and we compare them to somebody who's only had the vaccines, both jabs, post-14 days, the person with natural immunity is going to fare better than vaccines alone. So that much we know. Next, we also know that, number two, vaccine plus prior infection kind of equal to prior infection alone. Those two things are comparable. 
In other words, there's no benefit from the shots if you've already had prior infection. Again, we don't have the temporal data on this, so we don't know how long the protective benefit is from natural immunity. We don't know if it wanes. We know how the vaccines wane. We don't have anybody really studying this in the way they ought to so that we could look at um, the waning of natural immunity over time. You want to know why I think we're not studying it? Because nobody really wants to know the answer. And why? Possibly, probably, because natural immunity wanes a lot more slowly than the vaccines. That would be my guess. Because every time there seems to be no interest in studying something, it's usually because the results of that study predictably would end up being bad for a pharmaceutical income statement. All right. Uh, three, the unvaccinated and naive, those who both have never had COVID and they're unvaccinated, they fare the worst in this story, of course. What are we not comparing across any of these? Of course, early treatments. So what would be great would be to also compare the outcomes and also the um, the overall rates of infection for people who get early treatments compared to people who don't. And then and you can compare within each of those subgroups, those who are vaccinated and not. And then within those, those who had prior infection and didn't. So we don't have early treatment data on this, so we don't know. But we can say given if you don't have early treatments, which the United States did not in this time period, if you were unvaccinated and naive, you fared the worst. All right, number four, this information, this should have come out a long time ago. We could have had this data a long time ago. We, we, you know, of course, I've been talking about natural immunity as the best immunity for many, many, many months. Um, this is information that should have been very much at the top of the priority chain. We should have been seeking to answer this as fast as possible, of course. Why would we do that? Well, if we cared about public health, we would have done that. And if we cared about people's lives, we would have done that. Um, but if we all we cared about was making sure that nothing interfered with a vaccine rollout, well, yeah, this kind of data could confuse people um, and make them vaccine hesitant, as they say, uh, because they might go, hey, I've already had natural infection. Or I'm good. And there are certain people in the government who don't want you to think you're good under that scenario. But you are. And that's what this data finally shows. Which brings us to number five, forcing vaccines upon those with natural immunity is scientifically indefensible. You can't do it from a public health standpoint. You can't do it from an individual health standpoint. It doesn't protect people any more or less who have natural immunity from going to the hospital from COVID. So it's not individually medically defensible, but it's not public health defensible because, well, uh, there's, there's no benefit to uh, that's conferred beyond natural immunity alone. So that's that. So therefore, five part two of part of uh, conclusion five medical exemptions for prior infection are ethically and medically supported by the CDC data. Let me say it again: medical exemptions for prior infection are ethically and medically supported by this data. That's what the CDC data says. Six, vaccinated versus unvaccinated is the wrong metric here. It should be immunologically protected versus not immunologically protected. We should be looking at antibody levels and T-cell levels. It's entirely possible for somebody to be quadruple jabbed who's immune compromised, who is still not safe for to be around other people who have COVID or uh, somebody who may well transmit COVID. And you may have somebody else who's never been jabbed who had prior exposure, who didn't even get sick. But when you test them and look at their immunological competence, you will find that they are 
uh, all but immune to COVID. Why? Because they've got a strong immune system. They are immunologically protected. If there's, you know, having a vaccine passport is dumb. Having an immunological passport, okay. You know what? You're getting a you know, that that's actually something that could be more medically defended and public health defended. So uh, at any rate, vaccinated versus unvaccinated is absolutely the wrong metric. And of course, that whole narrative is falling apart. Oh, by the way, Omicron is going to upend this entire analysis. That's what's going to happen. Uh, Omicron is just an entirely different beast. By the way, in part two of this over at my website at Peak Prosperity, I'm going to be talking about uh, Omicron and the fact that, um, yeah, these things, it's it's not a natural beastie either. So we have to look at that and tell you what that means. Uh, and I would like to remind everybody, this is the last presentation I will be giving here publicly before our annual seminar, which is coming up this weekend, January 29th and 30th. And we're titling this one Thriving in the Great Reset. There are huge changes coming and not just on the COVID landscape. Of course, that's why we're going to be talking with George Gammon here about the financial changes that are coming. Um, Marjorie Wildcraft talking about the kinds of foods that you can grow in your own backyard. And uh, between Brett and Royce and Ben, we're going to get a whole lot of background on what is going on in terms of the agenda that's running out there and why freedom is so important and why we all have such big roles to play at this time in history. And then Evie is going to be talking about emotional and personal resilience. Very important in these times. So if you've been separated from your families, loved ones, colleagues, uh, anybody like that through this whole COVID experience, you're going to want to tune in for that. And as well, of course, my good friends, Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Keith Berkowitz talking about their own approaches to health and COVID and um, how to treat these things as best we possibly can. So that's it. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next time. And um, hey, have a great week. Remember, natural immunity is the best immunity. <laughs>